What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. It's another episode with our friend Mark Hill, our resident Tour Junkies European Tour expert in betting and DFS. Mark is a new addition to the Tour Junkies team. We're so grateful to have him. Born and based out of Northern Ireland, Mark has 10 plus years of experience full-time working in the betting industry and knows his stuff. He is going to be here every week that there's a European tour event. He's going to be right here on the Tour Junkies channel on YouTube, breaking down all the action, giving you some picks, giving you some takes. So it's going to be great content. We're really proud of it. And Mark's going to help you get a lot of green screens and some winning tickets to that ticket window. So as always, presented by our friends at FantasyNational.com. Head over to FantasyNational.com now slash TJ to get 20% off any membership level, weekly memberships, monthly or annual. You get 20% off if you try it for a week and you love it. You can upgrade to a month or, or the annual membership and still get the 20% off. It's where we've been going for four plus years to get all our PGA Tour data. They don't have European Tour stuff yet, but maybe soon to come. Uh, but if you're looking for that, if you're betting on PGA Tour, playing DraftKings, anything at all, fantasynational.com slash TJ is where it's at. And all the data is licensed by the PGA Tour to Fantasy National. So you know it's good. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tour Junkies European Tour Preview Show. I'm your host Mark Hill and we're coming off a week in the Spanish Open where Rafa Cabrera Bello beat out Adrian Arnhaus in a playoff. It was an interesting tournament, we would say the least. We were right in the mix, coming down the stretch. We had Ryan Fox and Santiago Tario setting just two shots off the lead before the back nine got the best of them. They ended up just outside the top 20, which was very frustrating. We were knocking on the door, and let's hope that we can continue, get a bit of momentum this week, heading into the iconic Valderrama venue. This week, the tournament is officially called the 2021 Estrella Dam NA Andalusia Masters. And my podcast juice will be the Estrella Dam beer. And I am not going for the non-alcoholic version. Um, I do have quite the history with this beer. The last time I drank it was on a stag do in Barcelona, where it was literally end of the night buying beers off homeless people on the streets of Barcelona at the end of the stag do, where over half the guys on the stag do, including myself, got robbed. It was quite the cultural experience in Barcelona. This uh, drink I have not had since. Um, it does bring back interesting memories, what we say. Nearly missed my flight home as well to Ireland, which was, yeah, it was an experience. A stag do that had plenty of memories, uh, some lost memories along the way too. But this is my Estrella Dram drink this week, which is my podcast juice of choice. So cheers, guys. Let's kick it off then with the course breakdown. And we're at the Real Club Valderrama this week. So Robert Chantrone's senior design, most guys, even on the PGA Tour, if that's what you generally follow, will be well aware of Valderrama. It's quite the test. It's par 71, 7,028 7, yards. Classical technical test, uh, tree-lined narrow fairways, super quick bent grass greens that when it's running through can get up to 12.5 on the stimp. So it's a real test this week. It's not going to be a bomber's paradise. It's one of those ones where you want a shot shaper, you want someone who's accurate off the tee. There, there are lots of different elements to it. We've seen a wide variety of scoring in the last few years as well. So last year, it was a two-over par win for John Catlin, the American, in 2020. Christian Bezidenhut in 2019 at 10 under par. 
And Sergio Garcia had back-to-back wins in 2018 and 2017. The 2018 win was a 12 under par, and that was only played over three rounds because of the adverse weather conditions at the time. When these lower scores are happening on this course, it tends to be with a bit of rain, a bit of soft. The wind has maybe died down. But if we go back to 2017, then you've Andrew Beef Johnson's win at one over par. So we're seeing a real diverse mix. And it is going to be on that side of the draw this week at the tournament. We're going to see the likes of wind. We're going to see fast greens. We're going to see difficult enough conditions, generally speaking, for this tournament. So it is going to be a uh, score probably in the region of five to six under par, I would say. We'll end up going on to win this. It really depends on who gets through the Thursday side of things where the weather is particularly bad. Friday, it starts to ease off. End of the weekend looks favourable conditions, but it's who's going to put up those scores on the opening day are really going to be in the mix then for the, the subsequent days as we go along through the tournament. It's um, it's definitely one where, you know, model-wise, I've looked at a number of different elements, slightly different take to last week. Um, I've looked at the last 24 rounds, put plenty of weight because you you don't want to be coming here trying to find something with your game. You want to be on your game, generally speaking. Um, I have some picks that maybe veer away from that but have other elements to tick the box. Uh, ball strikers, you're not going to overpower this course. It's precision over par in general uh, when it comes to Valderrama because it's tree-lined, it's uh, accuracy. You know, it, It's those kind of attributes you're going to be looking for. I put together a tree-lined model. Um, which was kind of looking at the traits that we want to see in terms of uh, greens and regulation, accuracy off the tee. So I have looked at tree-line courses, course comps there, um, accuracy, as I say, off the tee. Location-wise, not as much of a bearing as last week because it's quite a unique test at Valderrama. I haven't put as much emphasis and weight into the location side of things, but do still have some of that Portuguese and Italian mix in that I talked about last week. Scrambling, putting, and bogey avoidance round out the model for me. Last week, we were looking at birdie makers, uh, people who can shoot and go low. This week, because of the grind, because of the wind, because of other elements coming into the mix, it's bogey avoidance that I'm putting more weight into. And because of the super quick greens, you don't want to be trying to find your putting game this week. A little bit of a hot putter is definitely an advantage coming in. And if you have that history on the fast greens as well, it's obviously going to stand you in good stead too. So let's look at the top of the board. Only three golfers come in at under 25 to 1 because we do have the world's number one, John Ram, in the field again this week at 3 to 1. Slightly bigger price than last week after a relatively disappointing showing. Wasn't really in the mix after day two. And to be honest, you could be tempted to come back in at 3 to 1. He still tops my model this week, but I'm going to sway away. He does have a favorable draw teeing off in the morning off T10 on Thursday, which could set up well for Ram. I just don't know whether he has the longevity over the four rounds at the minute to to pull it all together. He's been through a fairly grueling session all year. Coming off that Ryder Cup, he's back home within a family mix at the minute. It's probably not to the best of his advantage this week at a tournament. And again, I don't know if his game is generally suited to this kind of test where it's shorter. You need your accuracy about you. You need to be a grinder and... I don't know if this course setup absolutely suits Ram down to a tee. So I will be swerving away from him at the top of the board. Matthew Fitzpatrick at 14 to 1 and Bernd Wiesberger coming in at 20 to 1 are the other guys at the top of the board. My first pick this week is going to be Matthias Schwab. And 
if you're looking at the screen, you're going to see someone who model rank for me is pretty much in line with a market rank, uh, model rank of nine, market rank of eight. The 26-year-old Austrian uh, former Vanderbilt graduate is still seeking his maiden victory on the European Tour since turning pro in 2017. He comes in with recent good form, having secured his tour card via the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, did miss the cut at the Sanderson's Farm over on the PGA Tour, but that is his only outing in the last four weeks. So after a good run of form prior to that, he's going to come in fairly fresh, hopefully, uh, those two rounds at the Sanderson Farms in the books. And now we are looking at someone who has had a trip around Valderrama before, so there's a little bit of familiarity there for him. Did miss the cut. Not ideal, but we've seen plenty of other golfers come off missed cuts and then follow that up the, the following year with a high place finish. The likes of Ram has done that, Miko Corhan and uh, Juice Luton, who's a favourite of this podcast, has also recorded uh, you know high finishes after coming off a missed cut at Valderrama. So that's definitely something I have put into the mix this week with him. Model-wise, ticked a lot of the boxes in general. Uh, Schwab, for me, fairly decent wind form when I looked at it. Greater out 23 for me on that side of things. Um, if there was a weakness for me model-wise, it's his scrambling and short game and the bogey avoidance where he wasn't quite as high as I would like to have seen. But he is a very accurate player, and that's the kind of player that I want on side coming into this tournament. He is accurate off the tee. He hits greens in regulation and hopefully can get something going with the putter this week. So 63rd on the race to Dubai as well. As I said last week, you need to be hitting that top 60 to hit the end of the year DP World Tour um, Championship. So he's right on the bubble at the minute at 63rd. Comes back to this tournament, has all the upside in the world to hopefully seek out his first Tour victory. So Matthias Schwab is the first pick at 30-1. to one. Next up at 50-1 to one is Callum Hill. He sits just outside the world's top 100 currently. And another golfer like Swab, who turned pro in 2017. He comes in with a rich fame of form this year. Earlier in the year, he put together a string of top 10 finishes, including his maiden tour victory at the Kazoo Classic. Three-time winner on the Challenge Tour as well. He's cut his teeth there. He's done very well stepping up. Hasn't quite got across the line. Like Swab, he has one run around this track in 2020. Also missed the cut, but now knows what to expect of this test. I do think, you know, debutants in the past have done fairly well at this tournament. Um, but more often than not, if you have a feel for it and you've done it and you understand the little nuances that you're going to face uh, with the dog legs, with the shot shaping, uh, with the scrambling to get out of a hole when you're in it, there, there's a lot to like about a golfer who has had a look at this track before and has the upside in his game all round to maybe build upon that in his subsequent year. So Callum Hill at 50-1 to 1 would be my next selection. Um, and also a decent win player as well, I should add. So definitely something that I haven't put directly into the model, but when I'm sort of checking off my final shortlist, it's something that I have been looking at. So Callum Hill is in there at 50-1. to 1. Supercar Sharmer is the golfer that we landed on at the Dutch Open. Um, it's one of these golfers that when I back him, he seems to miss the cut. When I don't back him and I jump off him, he seems to do well. Last week, coming off a third-place finish, and yes, I put him up in the best of the rest section because it did have value on him in the market, uh, in the model side of things against the market, but I did not put him up as an outright selection. So, you know, missing there a little bit, hopefully do a little bit better this week. We're going to stay on him. He has a model rank of 14, a market rank of 25, 
a guy who's comes in generally very, very well overall this year in 2021. He's trended in the right direction. Um, you know, his lowest grade for me was on the location side of things and also the scrambling, but he did overcome the former without much fuss last week with a third place finish in Madrid. So Shibakar Sharma has shown maybe the, the, the Spanish history or, or that uh, Portuguese history and Italian history that I touched upon last week is maybe not too much of a weight and it is something that I've dropped down my model this week anyway. Like the first two selections, back-to-back missed cuts for Sharma at this event, so it's a bit of a running theme with the guys that I'm putting up this week. Um, it does help, I think, inflate the price against the market. Uh, my emphasis is more on the recent form side of things, and all three selections so far have shown form in 2021. They're not trying to come here and find something about their game, and Sharma is another one that is in that mix. When I looked at the tree-lined history, um, so the model, I didn't just necessarily go for all tree-lined courses. I wanted to try and find tests where the, the, you know you can have a tree-lined course and a, you could have wide fairways, you could have nice open expansive spaces and, and big greens to aim at. I wanted to try and find something that was a test across the board, so tree-line, narrow, and one of those courses that ticked the the box for me and that Charma has done well at was the WGC Mexico at Chipotec in 2018, where he had a top 10 finish in a fairly strong field. Also at Wentworth this year, hit a top 10, and a T6 in Hong Kong as well at Fanling, which was another golf course that made my mix when I looked overall at narrow fairways, tree-lined course, and a, a bit of a test and a grinder's test at that. So Supercar Sharma, we're hoping, is going to build on last week's third place finish and give us another decent return at 60 to 1. Richie Ramsey at 70 to 1 is next up. Third here in 2011. Maybe hasn't shown as much in more recently uh, in terms of his, his, his form, generally speaking. Uh, at Valderrama, though, he did follow up with an 11th place finish in 2018, so it does seem to like it round here, and has had three further trips after the 2011 third place finish. The Scotsman, he has scored very well for me on the tree line course metric, and very accurate in general. Um, also has the scrambling game, which you're going to need round here because of the, the tightness and the obvious nature of being tree line and missing those fairways. You're going to have to have a scrambler on side if they are getting outside of the accurate side of things. So he is an accurate player, but also has a scrambling game to back it up to get him out of trouble if he falls into it. The putter would be a concern. Grades at 102nd in this field for me on putting. Um, that's a bit of a concern, generally speaking. I'm hoping that he can overcome that this week. Um, high bogey avoidance grade as well. So we'd expect him to make it through the cut. Um, when I say high bogey avoidance grade, as in he grades out well overall on bogey avoidance, um, I'm hoping he can make the cut and hopefully grind his way through to another top 10 finish here at Valderrama. So Richie Ramsey comes in next at 70-1. to 1. And finally, my betting card is round out with David Horsey at 125-1, to 1, model rank of 33, market rank of 58 Three consecutive made cuts here, including a top 10 finish last year when it was a real grind for those four days and Crocker shot his way to a two-over-par victory. Very accurate off the tee, which obviously you needed this sort of test. And graded out number nine for me in the field uh, off the tee in terms of accuracy. So that's definitely something to keep on side. Good course history on tree-line tracks, narrow fairways. 
a four-time European Tour winner, so has the win equity. And one of those, uh, a couple of those wins came at Wentworth, which we've touched upon already as being a bit of a course comp in terms of a grinding test whenever the conditions get up. And also in Morocco as well, which is another tricky outing and test. So he has uh, has a parlance, would we say, for some of these trickier tracks. And hopefully David Horsey at 125 to 1 does provide, uh, provide some value for us. Just one top 10 in 2021 and 23 starts would be a concern. I said I didn't want to really hit on a golfer that is trying to come here and find something. But because he is at this price point at 125 to 1, there probably is more upside than downside. I think he can make it through the cut and hopefully get himself into the mix. The other theme with the golfers that I have targeted have an AM tee off time generally. So this week when I looked at the wind side of things, um taking in course conditions in general. From what I've learned and read about the course, greens-wise, they very, very quick in the morning, play fast and true because we haven't had any rain in the build-up weather-wise. But as the day goes on, the greens get tougher, you get spike marks, they don't necessarily play as true as they should. And I think already that puts the PM wave at a disadvantage. But then add in the weather side of things this week on Thursday where the PM wave are going to be getting the worst of it. You really want to try and target an early morning tee off time, hopefully get the score in the books and then move from there. So David Horsey, along with my other selections, are all AM uh, tee times this week. So hopefully that sets them up well for this test. Best of the rest then. So I had value on these guys. Didn't quite get to them. Predominantly down to the tee time side of things. But definitely had value and they ticked a lot of boxes. Andrew Beef Johnston, former winner here at 35 to 1. Aaron Rye, coming off, uh, I think, it's three consecutive missed cuts now for Rye. Hasn't really got going in America. Those sort of tests maybe don't suit him as well. But it's touched upon with DB and Pat on the preview show for his uh, PGA, Tour core, or PGA Tour card debut. Um, he is a accurate player. So he has the greens and regulation. He has the driving accuracy in the books. And if he can get his iron game going here, hopefully he can be in the mix coming down the straight. Uh, Masahiro Karamura was the big disappointment last week. 50 to 1, I'm still showing value on him. His price has increased from last week's test. Mikko Koronen at 50 to 1 is another one that's in the mix. Uh, Alexander Levy at 80 to 1 and Marcel Siam at 100 to 1. So. A few running themes with some of the names I've put up over the last couple of weeks. They're still popping on my model, despite the variables being put in changing. But again, this week, it is guys that I want to keep on side. Um, even last week, a lot of the guys that I put up in the best of the rest, like Sharma and Will Bestling, were the guys who ended up performing best of the lot. So don't be afraid to keep these guys on side and do a bit of digger deeping if you are looking into the European Tour this week. Let's get to the DFS picks. And for the end of the CM Masters 2021, we're going to do, as the Tour Junkies do traditionally, three guys that I'm backing in this range and a fade. Heading up this range for me then at 9,100 is Thomas Peters, the Belgian. Martin Keimer at 9,600. Now, uh, Keimer for me has all the track history and all the traits of a golfer I would want to see traditionally and historically. Is he going to be able to put that together this week? after not necessarily showing the form in 2021 and in recent years. Hopefully coming in fresh, he's got that Ryder Cup cap or vice captaincy out of the way. Um, 
it's it's a guy that I wanted to get to this week in terms of the betting side of things. I didn't quite get there. The tea time wasn't ticking the box. And in terms of my model, he didn't show value for me, but he's one that I, I want to try and keep on side for DFS if he's not being talked up too much in other shows. That's one thing I didn't really get a chance this week. Work commitments and family life gets in the way to really listen into what everyone else is saying and read some articles on how people are approaching this week. So I am going in a little bit blind, will we say. But Martin Keimer for me at 9,600 is a guy that I want to have on side for DFS. Miko Korhonen has popped for me in a number of ways this week. I said put him up in the best of the rest section. And the thing that at 9,000 does show plenty of value for me in DFS. And my fear in this reign is Adri Arnhaus. And I'm also going to take him on for the best bet later in the show. But Arnhaus last week, he... Oh, I, I don't know <laughs> how to explain his day one... He was missing everything left, right, and center and had to scramble his ass off to get into the mix, to put his ass off to get into the mix. He got away with it last week. That was a grind. And then to lose the heartbreak of a playoff at the end of it. Adrian House this week, I'm sorry. I have to take him on whatever way I can. I'm taking him on in first-round matchups. I'm taking him on in full tournament matchups. I'm taking him on in DFS. Adrian House is my fade this week at 9,800, which I also think is a high price point considering he's not ticking the boxes that I want model-wise long-term. And also this short-term, looking at last week's performance, seeing that he got himself out of a hole on the, yes, tree-line track at Madrid, but this week it's tree-line and then some added on the end of it. So I'm going to fade Arn House left, right and centre and hopefully come out with some green screens and some profit in betting at the end of it. The 8K range then, already talked about some of these guys. Matthias Schwab at 8,800, Andrew Beef Johnson 8,700 and Aaron Rye at 8,500 are three guys that I will be looking to build out lineups with. My fear in this range is Victor Perez again. This time he's in the 8,000 range. Last week, he was in the 9K range. He dropped from 9,500 at last week's test to 8,400 this week. And again, I can't get to him. I'm fearing Victor Perez. His game is just not there at the minute. Um, Generally speaking, he's not accurate off the tee. He's questionable in the wind. Not hot with the putter currently. So lots of reasons to be fearing the Frenchman again this week. And to be honest, I would be surprised if he is able to make the cut. I think he has a morning tee time which you know might be something that helps him this week. But in general, because he's not ticking the box in the wind, he's not doing very well with the putter, there are lots of things that I want to see in a golfer this week, and Perez is not having any of them. So he's going to be my fade at 8,400. Let's drop down to the 7K range then. Shubhika Sharma at 7,700. Put him up in the betting portion. Definitely want to keep him on side. Alexander Levy at 7,400. Richie Ramsey at 7,300 are another two golfers that I like. The 7K range is loaded with golfers that I have value on this week. Um, it's definitely one if I'm going to pick maybe two from the top and then build out another four in the 7K range. You know, I'm not afraid to drop down here. I do prefer this range to the 6K range this or this week. Last week, the 6K range was popping for me more. Um, the likes of Julian Guerriere. But we say he came through. I also put up Joel Sojum last week, though, and he ended up withdrawing after five holes. So, you know, you you, <laughs> you take the wins and the losses and, and mix it all together. European Tour, you know, it's a, it's an interesting kettle of fish. And 
yeah, we're, we're going to try and go to the 7K range this week. Breaking the rules a little bit, not sticking to just three selections. Marcel Siam at 7,100, David Horsey at 7,100, also plenty of value. My fade in the 7K range is Wilco Nianaber at 7,600. Didn't really pop for me on any category when I looked at it in any sort of depth. He has all the driving distance in the world. He grades out number one in this field in terms of driving distance. But as I touched upon at the opening of this show, this is not a bomber's paradise. This is not a typical PGA Tour test where length off the tee puts you at a big advantage. It is one of those skill sets that I think is negated by the, the track in general. And Valderrama is going to eat you alive if you think you can just bomb it left, right and center. So Wilco name bomber at 7,600 would be my fade in the 7K range. And again, the other golfers that have put up, Levy, Ramsey, CM. Horsey all come in lower price and Sharma just a hundred dearer. So, you know, nice pivots off Nianaber if he proves popular as he has done in DFS over the previous few weeks. The 6K range, Maximilian Kiefer at 6,900, Benjamin Hebert at 6,500 and Ashley Chester's at 6,500 would be my three go-to picks, if you like, within this range. But a super cheap option that popped out for me at 6,200 is Gonzalo Fernandez Castano. The Spaniard has not necessarily shown any kind of form, but he grew up close to this track. This is his home club, and he did have a T5 in 2018. And when he went into that tournament in 2018, he was fighting for his card. Valderrama used to be the, the sort of last tournament or last event on the European Tour schedule where you had the chance to make the DP World Tour at the end, the chance to secure your card of 100 and top... Or 100 and top try it again, uh, a top 110 place to finish. Um, he managed to do that with a T5 that day. And to be honest, I'm going back to the well a little bit. It's the price point of 6,200. You know, on the European tour, if you're getting down to 6,200, you are the lowest of the low typically. Um, we even seen amateurs come into the field, usually around 6,900, 6,800. If you're down at 6,200, nobody likes you. Nobody wants to be on side with you, but... Uh, Gonzalo this week, local boy, grew up a stone's throw from the track, course member, you know, intimate knowledge for me can far outweigh sometimes what they've shown in recent form. And if he can get his game together this week and grind out again like he did under pressure in 2018, he's definitely someone super low at 6,200 that I want to be on my uh, DFS lineups this week. I've rattled through the show fairly quickly this week compared to previous weeks, but we're going to get on to the best bet this section and yeah it's thomas peters at minus 110 over adri arnhouse and i'm doing this in a first round matchup at DraftKings sportsbook i've touched upon arnhouse already how he got away with those first uh, day one miracles what we say um and then managed to go whole way through the tournament and actually grind out to a playoff loss it, you know peters for me graded out four for my model Arnhouse graded out 36. It's a big disparity on what I'm looking for coming into this track. I don't think he's going to get away with those mistakes this week. And the accuracy off, accuracy off the tee for Arnhouse is a major, major concern. So I'm going to take him on a first round matchup. There is full tournament matchup options for this as well. Bet365 have a priced up for a full tournament matchup at minus 110 either side with a tie included. If you're braver than me, you might want to take that on. I have taken that on for a smaller stake personally, but it's the round one matchup that I want to get to. They're both facing an afternoon tea time, which is not ideal. 
but it's Peters overall is grading out for me in all the categories that I've looked at uh, higher than Arnhouse. So I'm going to take the Belgian with me this week at minus 110 over Adrian Arnhouse and hope that we see a replication of the day one struggles from Arnhouse, but not getting out of jail like he did last time around. So that rounds out my card for the Andrew Lucia Masters. Listen, guys, we haven't hit or nailed the big wins this week. I know someone who has, though. If you haven't tuned into the PGA Tour stuff that DB and Pat are putting out every week, Pat Landon on uh, Sung JM last week was a major coup. Listen, there are only a couple of tournaments into the new PGA Tour season, and the boys are already grinding out winners for you. So definitely get on side with them. If you haven't checked out the DFS and betting show this week for the CJ Cup, New sponsorship on board with covers as well. It was dropped upon in the betting show. So definitely give the guys a listen to if you haven't already. And hopefully this week we cast some winners. I'm going to get into the nut hut again. Try and put round by round showdown uh, projections out there as well. And hopefully long term we can start to grind out some wins for this show. So that's all for now. I'm going to try and finish off this Estrella Dam beer. It's not quite like Barcelona the first time around, but... A nice quiet beer on a cold and miserable Tuesday evening here in Northern Ireland will do me just fine. So thanks guys, best of luck this week and let's see some green screens. Cheers.